1: Welcome to another episode of The View from the Ninian where we've got a week between games and that's quite a long time when the games have been coming thick and fast like Ross McCormack. Joining me as always to discuss the Huddersfield game on Friday night and all the other stuff that's going on at Cardiff City at the moment is Ben Price. Ben, you were using a new microphone but it didn't work, did it?
0: No, I'm gutted. I was
1: genuinely being really excited to use that table, I can't wait, but no, it's gone tits up. And Tom Phillips, Tom, you're not buying that microphone that Ben bought now because you've been put off by what just happened, haven't you?
2: Yeah, I'm going to stick with my dodgy headphones that came free with something. So I think it's from an aeroplane. So yeah, I'll stick with these <laughs> high-tech equipment Yeah,
1: uh, It's a shame about your microphone, Ben, but you still sound crystal clear with your old microphone, so it's not all is not lost. Um, we'll start with the usual. Friday night, we drew nil-nil with Huddersfield. It wasn't the most invigorating of games, but we didn't lose. So that's the main thing. Um, ben, coming to you first. It was a bit of an off night, shall we say? There was, nothing really got going across the pitch. We were defensively relatively solid, apart from one Curtis Nelson tackle. But it felt like the kind of game that we would have lost under Harris. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's actually exactly what I said. And the
0: misses. Um, it was a tough sock to watch, wasn't It it wasn't a pretty game of football. It no, really no. felt like two teams that are absolutely shattered and ready for a week <laughs> off.
1: Two teams going through the motions, wasn't it? <laughs> it really was. It was like they knew what they needed to do to go out and play football, but they couldn't quite get there. It felt
0: very end of season. You know, with two mid-table teams are playing mm. against each other, they've got nothing to play for. Whereas this is the exact opposite. One he's pushing for the playoffs and the other one's fighting relegation. It was a bit of a strange one. Um, but yeah, it definitely would have been the sort of game we'd lost on the Harris, I think. just We wouldn't have had that organisation. We'd have gotten a bit of a fluster. Um, we, a couple of times, the sort of, Huddersfield players got in behind, sort of had a couple of half decent chances that we wouldn't have been able to deal with eight weeks ago. But now you never really felt like they were going to score.
1: No, and you know even even when they got a penalty, they they missed that as well, which we'll come to you later. Um, Tom, do you think obviously Ng wasn't playing? um Thomas Sang came in and uh, not criticism on Sang thought Sang was very good but NG being missing he kind of leads that high press doesn't he I mean we saw it at Derby he was doing it until the 90th minute which led to Volks's goal do you think that had an impact and does that show how integral Buster has become in 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 the in the month and a bit
2: he's been with us I think it have like a slight impact but I think overall I think the whole team looked slightly laggy um I think we were happy with a point as well. You can see that with the late substitutions. I think it got to a point saying, look, this this isn't our night. This really not falling for us. And you can see in those late, late um, replacements that we were more than happy to take a point away from home. And to be honest with you, it's not a bad point to take, is it? You keep the unbeaten run going. We've got to rest now for a week. You know, there's worse results to get than a nil-nil away from home or Huddersfield. Like it's like we we're used to getting nil nils at Huddersfield like and dross games up there as well like we saw in the Prem as well. But I t- I'll take it, to be honest. But yeah, I'll take it. Um, we'll talk about Tom
1: Sang. Um, Jimmy King's kicks on Twitter said thought Tom Sang slotted him well at wing-back. Not as effective NG, but for someone who experienced, he didn't look out of players at all. Um, Mateo Jameis has asked what we thought about Tom Sang. Um, ben, eh, he looked good, didn't He
0: looked really impressive. You sort of can think that's his first championship performance. He was originally a central midfielder, but Cardiff seemed to be convinced he's the sort of backup right back now. So um bit of a habit, that, yeah. isn't it?
1: Putting midfielder yeah. right
0: back. <laughs> but he looked a lot more comfortable than Bakuna ever did. Mm-hmm. Um I was really I was really impressed with him. Look, he's not got the he didn't have the energy and sort of the just of sort of NG, but for a debut for a young lad in the championship, he can hold his head up high. He did really well.
2: He wasn't frightened but, to get
0: forward, was he? Like, no, it wasn't like he was. It just wasn't quite as intense as Perry, but
1: I think that might come later on, to be honest. I don't think it's no. not like he's not as good. It's, it's Sang's first game in that system. NG yeah. has a particular way of playing within that system. And as, as Mick McCarthy has said before, the players and the regulars who are playing at the moment aren't really training at the moment. So there's no time to work on that. So for him to come in, look solid, like you say, get forward and have an impact on the game is is really impressive. Um, Tom, I've got a question about. Neil Harris, um, he loaned uh, Sang out at the start of the season, brought him back in January, and talked about giving him game time. But if we were so reliant on Bakuna at right back in place of Tutu, it kind of begs the question: really, what was Harris doing with Sang? Because surely Sang would have been the better option there, or did he just not see it that way? It's it's a confusing one.
2: I don't think it's that confusing. I think he sent him out to get game time. I think, and I think it's benefiting us now. Right. I think. I think he was thinking a bit more long term. <laughs> I think Harris did a lot of good things, to be fair. He, he got people out in London that needed to, the likes of Brown, the likes of Sang, and his recruitment was pretty on point. It's just his tactics lacked every now and again. And I think the ghost of Neil Harris being in the studio had an effect on the game, to be honest, as well. <laughs> I think people could sense him lingering around. And I think the players didn't want to overachieve in front of him, as if they'd hurt his feelings. It's like, you, you don't want to go and batter Huddersfield 4-0 and really upset him in front of his new skymate. So... <laughs> yeah, I'm going to blame Neil Harris for that result as well.
1: Well, oh, good. I'm, <laughs> you must be gutted. He's left the club. They can't blame me for anything. I said, here you are, um, blaming him for I don't know, nothing, something that he had nothing to do with. Um, obviously, there's Ben. There's there's a lot of injuries around the squad at the moment, and we'll, we'll come to the left back uh, situation. But you know, we don't really know what's going on with Ng. But it, it's nice to know that we now have a player there who can slot in, and we we don't worry about it. You know, with Bakuna going at right back, there was always that trepidation. But Sang looks solid.
0: Yeah, um, it's nice not to have that fear of dread when you see the team sheet and Pakuna's at right back. Um, I think McCarthy couldn't actually remember what kind of injury Sang had, like what kind of knock it was. So I think that gives you an idea of just how severe it was. I think it was just a case of the Friday game was a bit too soon. Probably if it was a Saturday game, he'd have probably made it. Um, I yeah,
1: potentially, but also I think it's it's the optimum time for a little bit of a break, isn't it? If you're someone yeah. like Ng who plays that high intensity game, you can you can be rested on a Friday game and not play again till the following Saturday. You've got ten to two weeks, ten days to two weeks off then to really recover. So I think it, it was probably sensible um, team management from McCarthy, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I think it worked. It's not exactly like it was a disaster of a sort of thing. It came back to bites in the ass. Realistically, I, as good as he's been in that kind of game. Would NG have made a huge difference? Sort of made us win the game. I don't really know. It was one of those games. I think it was destined to be nil-nil from the first minute.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, uh, apart from the, the penalty, um, Tom, we, we we talked about Bakuna there, uh, and, and you know, dreading him being on the team sheet. But it was it was almost a bit surprising that he was dropped this week. Um, you know, we've got people. You know, we had a strong bench. All of a sudden, you got Bakuna. You had people like Johnny Williams on the bench. Ben mentioned it earlier. We seemed to be quite happy to take the point. But do you think there could have been a different approach from McCarthy late on in the game? A bit more energy coming off the bench, like a Williams, to get in between the defense and the midfield, break those lines, and, and try and open something up.
2: I think the only thing that was open was us at that point. We looked a bit nervy in that last quarter of an hour, and I think it would have been the wrong thing to bring Williams on in that situation. I think maybe starting with Bakuna might have worked because. You could see how a high press wasn't as effective as it was in other games. There's a couple of games it's really landed, like Derby and Bournemouth, but Mm -hmm. it just it didn't really work. Like we weren't the unit didn't seem to be moving quite as fluidly as it was in the other games. Like you could see a couple of times where Maude pushed up, and then you could see the frustration because the ball's been slotted around into Mm -hmm. someone else because the other player wasn't coming with him. But yeah, I possibly would have liked to seen Bakuna come into it a bit, like from the start. But I don't think it was the right game for Williams to come on, as much as I would love to have seen him play. In.
1: Do you think uh, Ben that we're wasting Williams at the moment? He doesn't seem to be getting much game time. He's what well, he's made what thirteen minutes so far.
0: No, I don't think it's a wasting. He sort of he was unlucky to come in at a time and then sort of pick up a really sort of annoying knock that we'd probably seen him a bit more. It's then mm. he's fit. He's come on decent thirteen minutes when he came on. Like Tom said, it wasn't the right game for, for Johnny Williams. It was there, There's plenty more football to go. We've still got probably around quarter of the season to go. I think we'll see plenty of him over the next few weeks and probably now Mick signed a new contract. We'll see him for the next two years. Um, to be honest, Johnny Williams wasn't the player I think we were missing or sort of. I didn't even think Bakuna was. I think it was the influence of Marlon Pack. I felt mm-hmm. like Volks and um Volks it and ragged, didn't they? a bit too similar. Just no one was sort of doing that role of sort of at the back or sort of starting stuff off as well of sort of just that little holding role that Pax really sort of found himself in and sort of flourishing in at the moment. It was um surprised to see him come on so late, but I guess like we said, look, the lads have played so much football, it's no wonder they're knackered probably the right thing to do to give him a rest long term. I, th- I think that's the thing, isn't
2: it? it? like that that's our off game and it's still a point away from home. Yeah. And I think I think I'm taking that as a, such a cliche thing but like if you're getting points when you're playing badly or having an off night then I think we're in for a, a good run into the end of the season.
1: I think so for sure uh, Jimmy King's Kiss asked about Johnny Williams as well said Johnny Williams should have come on everything felt single paced for 20-25 minutes to go felt like we'd have had some urgency run up the fence to open some space the other thing that came up quite a lot in the Twitter questions was the situation at left back we've gone from an injury crisis at right back to an injury crisis at left back um, Nathan LCCFC what would we do What do we do at left wing back against Watford worth putting Hoylet there or go with Brown assuming Baggin can't play um, Milo Davis has said go for Baggin firstly but also think the injury could cost us especially if NG is out for a number of games at least are so narrow brown looked decent and sang was impressive but they're getting nowhere near the levels of the perry and the two joes in terms of getting forward um it's been confirmed ben that baggan dislocated his shoulder you estimated that sort of a six week out um it was a shame to see wasn't it because he looks like the future at left back
0: yeah um looks solid for all for the time he's playing did well getting forward didn't look bothered at all with sort of the huddersfield players sort of in and around him i'm gutted for him um if I I know far too well I've done five I've just given him shoulder five times. Oh, Show off. I know I know far too well just how much that sucks. So yeah. Do you get a
1: badge? Do you get a badge when you do five you know you donate want, ten times, you get a special badge? I
0: want I want one of those little cards keeps in your yeah. wallet. Five that timer. as you get that as you get out, your shoulder pops out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's gonna be such a miss. Um Kieran Brown as well though. He, look, he's not a left back. He's certainly not a left wing back. He's uh too big for that, but um he did all right. Again, like like McCarthy said, you can't fault either of the two lads that made the debuts. Um, it's just, yeah, I don't think he's the option long-term. We, so we've we said about Hoylitt before at uh, wing-back. Um, we said it last week when we were on about Hoylitt of Baggin. I feel like we sort of jinxed it a little bit by saying should anything
1: happen to Baggin, we've got Hoylitt there. Mm. Your fault. Yep. Yeah. Um, Tom, you know, we got two two G back soon. I mean, if if NG isn't out for that long, then perhaps things are less worrying. But would you put two at left back or would you know everyone seems to think that Hoylett can play at left back? Um he's good defensively, but is he an out and out defender? I don't know. But is it gonna be two two? Is it gonna be Hoylet? What would be your preference at left back if, if Brown isn't the covering man we think he
2: is? I don't think it's Brown anyway. I think I thought you did all right, but there was a couple of times like he played Campbell on side, and possibly Campbell should have scored. But that might come with a bit more training with the lads. Like everyone, yeah, everyone completely. pushed up, and he didn't. Um, he really put a shift in. To be fair to him, but yeah. he missed. He missed a header as well, which one of the things you think would be one of his strong points, and they created a chance from that. He doesn't quite look at it for me. I don't think he's quite up to the standard that we need at the moment. I think I'd be tempted to put Hoylett there, and it's, it's a risk, isn't it? Putting Tutu back in there. In a position where he normally plays right, then moving into left for a first game back. So I can't really see past either changing the system or playing Tutu there. Let us, sorry, him highlight there.
0: Would you not look at NG there, though? Because he loves cutting in on his left foot. He's, he's sort of good. He's good with both feet. Yeah. He'd probably be if,
2: if he's the first person I'd, yeah. look, I'd yeah. look
0: at putting, I'll Tutu on the right and then putting NG on the left, to be honest, if that's where it's going. Yeah. Um, just because he's so comfortable on either foot.
2: I think they said that N- NG will be back for Watford. They were hopeful, weren't they, as well? So, yeah. So it didn't yeah, feel like it,
1: anything more than a knock, did it, for NG? So you'd hope so. No.
2: Yeah, that's. I don't think that's a bad shot, to be fair.
1: Um, I've, I saw a few people mention, that Ben, that perhaps you should have kept Cunningham. Um, I mean, <laughs> how many other left-backs do you think we need if we were going to keep Cunningham? That would have meant we would have had four left-backs for Brown coming back. Yeah,
0: we, sh- we should have kept Jazz Richards and Torore as well, shouldn't we? Yeah,
1: yeah, ex- yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's Rolf Fletcher doing at uh, LA Galaxy these days?
1: Yeah. I mean, we did release Andy Leg quite prematurely, so maybe he can come back in and do a shift at left back.
2: He wouldn't do a bad job. He seems no, to keep himself in there. decent shape. I, he I does, think, yeah. I think Jazz Richards is gone to half a us just to keep fit for the call from Mick. Yeah. I think that's all it is, really. No, I no think confusion he got with the
1: Bluebirds.
0: Yeah, I just <laughs> think that's what it was. He got done dirty by his agent. The
1: Bluebirds <laughs> want to sign you. Right, <laughs> give me that contract, sign it. Hang on. Which way am I going? <laughs> Yeah, he thought he was going to barrow, but he's going to have a fight west. Um, and the final point in that game, Tom, uh, Phillips stared down another penalty. I think that's something like 12 missed penalties at 14 in his career. You know, he's, I, don't he's think it's a, I think it was a
2: lie with the thing because they said in the commentary, it was like something like, seven from 16 yeah
1: i think but i i think yeah maybe but i just saw it on twitter and it was from a reputed source so i'm going with it (laughs) all right i'm going with it um he's a wall even when he doesn't need to say penalties isn't
2: he it was really weird because like when he stepped up for the penalty it was like that quiet confidence and i was like i don't think he's going to score here yeah and even I, and he hit it wide. And I think even if he got it in the corner, I think Phillips had it. Covered. He had it covered. Yeah. Phillips has gone the right way. <laughs> like, Phillips has gone the right this way. This bloke is a freak. And then he made a, he made a massive save late on as well. He's really. Yeah. His feet. I feel sorry for Smithies again now. Poor bloke.
0: Yeah. But, just they yeah. Just sat there, go
2: fuck's sake. Yeah. Why did have to get ill? But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to get
1: a weird illness
2: that no one yeah. knows what it was. <laughs> but yeah, Phillips looks solid, and I you can see the defense have got the trust in him as well. Perhaps that's why they're giving away penalties now. Better off giving a penalty away than letting them have a shot.
1: Curtis Nelson just wanted something to liven up the game. <laughs> this is a 4-1 <laughs> boys, I give away a penalty. <laughs> do um, something,
2: just jumps in. <laughs> it's
1: a crap penalty to give away. I mean, that was Curtis Nelson of old because he's been pro- improved in recent weeks. But nonetheless, it was a point, um, takes us to 11 games unbeaten. And Ben, more importantly, it takes us into a break of eight days. Obviously, we're, we're going into a, a week now where we don't have a midweek game. Um, just how important is this week going to be in terms of recovery? I think we've talked about it in, in regular podcasts. The players have been running on fumes, haven't they?
0: I think it's massive. Um, I don't think it's going to be too relaxing for the players. I think they're going to do quite a bit of training. I think it's a good chance to get on the sort of training ground, sort of work on some stuff. doesn't have to be too intense, but work on a couple more bits that could be improved on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it could be a real nice boost, sort of coming at the perfect time to give us that last big run. We've got a tough run of games coming up as well. So I think a bit of refresh and sort of a nice sort of relax and sort of go back to basics period for the boys is going to be huge going into that tough, tough run of fixtures.
1: Um, Tom, Mick has said recently, obviously, the regular players haven't been training, just recovering. Um, You know, we've talked about people like Brown coming in and Sang coming in and, and learning how we play. I mean, what are the things that you think that they should be focusing on this week in terms of drills on the training pitch? You know, getting to grips with the new players, new systems. What do you think they should be doing?
2: I think it's that, isn't it? Just that Mick's clearly got game plans and it's just, this is a week now to test it. Because since he's come in, like you said earlier, the games have been so thick and fast. They've had hardly any time to do anything on the training field. And the fact, it's been unbelievable that we look so organised considering we've had, was 11 games, like nearly a quarter of the season and it feels like Mick joined last week. So, it, yeah, it, it, it's integral this week to us. It's come out a good time. I think Barnsley have got a midweek game as well, haven't they? So they don't have the rest as well, because we need yeah. them to drop off for some time because they're playing some unbelievable stuff for the moment. So I think, yeah, it couldn't come at a better time. And we've got the international break on the corner to have a little bit more of a rest for our younger players as well. Poor Kiefer Moore's going to carry on running, obviously, but everyone else can have a bit of a break. But, but yeah, he's
1: going to have the best summer, isn't he? Of just doing nothing. For, I, I, yeah, for the he, best part of a couple of months.
2: He'll, he'll do a Tomlin. He'll end up on about three stone when on yeah. comes
1: back as he just. God, the Greg's exists.
2: <laughs> Oh no, it's the Euros, shit! Oh, it's the Euros. <laughs> 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 oh bloody hell! But um, he's he's going to be knackered after <laughs> that
1: final, isn't he? Yeah, July the 11th, and then he'll be back. What, back what? in Premier <laughs> yeah. League season starts around mid-August, so he's got about a month off.
2: <laughs> no,
0: it starts early. It starts early August because you've got the World Cup.
2: Oh shit. The season's yeah.
0: starting early. It's like again, it's another season with fuck all break in between because you've got the Euros, pretty much go straight into pre-season, then the new season.
1: It's probably the, it's probably the second weekend of August, isn't it? Because the first weekend is usually championship and community shields. So it's probably like the eighth of August or something that the Premier League starts.
2: Yeah. Well, anyway, some players will have a rest. Not Kiefer Moore. And but not the, the, these, the, yeah, these gaps are coming at the right time for us because, like you said, we have got some huge games coming up, and they're, they're tough, tough teams to play. But it's good that we're playing the teams around us as well. You know, we need to take points off them. So, yeah, it's, it's huge what's coming up over the next two or three weeks.
1: Before we talk about the, the Watford game and everything else that's coming up, let's obviously, since we last did our podcast, it's been announced that Mick McCarthy has signed his two-year deal, uh, staying at the club until the summer of 2023, I guess, or January of 2023. How does the deal work? Summer, so it's the end summer. of the season. It rolls on from the summer. Um, I asked for some reactions on Twitter um, to the, to the new Sean Collins said, happy it's done, but unsure of what's to come. I mean, that's every day for me uh owen davis it had to be done with other clubs repeat reportedly ready to make an approach getting the best out of the players and for no reason he can't carry that on this is a massive slice of humble pie for me too uh, me as well uh tim burns Booman kept wolves in the premier league for three years which is much more than any previous city manager has done but doesn't feel like moving forward uh, Ashley gifford great man manager perfect fit for our club has to be back now which sounds like the board are doing Left of center um, says, I understand why, but not sure if we are making short-term decisions on long-term issues, we'll support him, but can't stomach another Harris, that's for sure um s z says he's the best man to squeeze everything out of this current squad tom bevan great short short short-term appointment with the squad we've got and the league we're in but what's the longer-term strategy ollie james we'll go on a losing run now that he's been given an extension well we we drew one uh and nico paloni good appointment can start planning beyond the season i don't get this long-term strategy talk football is a results game get the results you will stay manager don't get the results you lose your job Um, ben obviously it's probably the right decision that we've tied him down to a contract. He's, what, 10 games and beaten. You can't argue with his record. But is it the right decision? And, and do you understand where people are coming from with that long-term strategy talk?
0: Yeah, I'm in exactly the same boat. Um, I like the bloke. I think he's done a great job. But it's um, it makes you worry, is this a short-term fix? And that leads on to another short-term fix. It leads on to another short-term fix. that can only end up going one way. I think he's doing a great job. But he, there's no doubt he has to be given the job full-time but it's it's a weird one it's sort of like oh yeah good he's staying then oh he's staying it's um Hmm. a strange one only we can put ourselves in that position it's going into it with all optimism sort of thinking right the club's looking long term this is short term it's going for the summer and then we called it we said he'd do amazing get us on a good run and get the job full term hopefully though we um don't end up with the problem we've had before it seems like the club behind the scenes seems to be moving the right way like there's We've called for as part of what we want for it is like a pathway for the youth system and understanding what's happening with the youth system. They've got a full new training center coming in in um, Van Eden. they've got a clear pathway. There's players making a breakthrough most weeks. Um, yeah, it's it might work out all right. We might be eating a big fat slice of humble pie come the end of the season.
1: We might be eating one soon, Tom. Oh, yeah. Um, what, what do you think about it as well? Do you agree with Ben? Is there anything else that you'd add?
2: Um, I was like com- completely convinced about him getting a new contract because like it's such a good run, and then Neil Harris said something again, his bloody ghost around the place, and yeah. <laughs> um, said like, "Yeah, I had a big, uh, big unbeaten run at the beginning." I was like, "Oh, shit, he, he did," and yeah. look how that turned out. <laughs> but no, it, I think it's the I think it's the right decision in terms of our long term, like it's just two year contract as well, so that's relatively long term in football as well. So mm-hmm. you know, there's no reason we can't have a long term plan with Mick McCarthy at the helm. Like we shouldn't be just be put off because he's old. I think that's the, I think that's what a lot of us were when he came in. We went, ah, he's old. Like we, this can't be long term. It's going to be someone young.
0: But well, to be fair, it's it's he doesn't do short term. Like yeah, I, I got agree. a bit concerned. Like we we were all all about this sort of everything set up for Friday night was Friday night game normally means a surprise result. Mick McCarthy's thousandth game normally means if it's on Sky, it goes tits up, and Sky say it's not the thousandth game. So and so once. Manager signs a new contract, tends to go shit, tends to go tits up. It all sort of was forming into like a ball of, oh, this is going to go wrong for us. But yeah. um, the one thing that stood out, they were talking yeah. about the stats of McCarthy. He's only had seven clubs, a thousand yeah. games and seven mm-hmm. clubs. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't do sort of, he's not like, as much as we love Warnock, Warnock tends to be a two to three year manager. mixed there for a long time and sort of, most clubs seem to be better off when he leaves them. Before he arrived, other than Ipswich,
2: yeah, and his his grandkids are in in Howell School now as well, so <laughs> you know he's not going anywhere. No, but I think I think it's a good appointment. I think already you can see that he's got to gel with the players and the squad. The fans mm-hmm. have taken to him because he's a good laugh, <laughs> and that's all it kind of takes with our fans sometimes. And yeah, I'm quite excited about it. I'm I'm quite fickle like that though. Like I, I it takes a lot for me to want the manager out. So I, I don't yeah. think that as long term as some people do. I'm I'm like someone said, it's a results-based game. And if we're winning games, I'm very easily pleased.
1: And I think I think TC's a key in all this, isn't he? I think we yeah. everyone talks about Mick McCarthy, but Mick McCarthy's quick to talk about TC. And and you can see the impact TC has had with people like Josh Murphy, Marlon Pack, Aidan Flint, and like the when they're going off the pitch at the end of the game, who are the players that, who's the person they're celebrating with? Yeah, they'll shake hands with Mick McCarthy, but TC is the one they're inevitably giving a big hug to as they walk off the pitch. And I think us Cardiff fans, we love to see a manager who has that rapport with the players. And the fact is we're seeing an assistant manager who has an even better rapport with the players, perhaps, than the manager does, and it's it's just that's the enjoyment for us, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and I think like you saw that with Warnock with Kevin Blackwell as well. Yeah, um, like and then you'd ask someone who was who was the number two with Harris, I wouldn't have a clue. It was, it was David I was, Livermore. Yeah, all right, they know that now, but like, but do you know what I mean? Like, we like these double acts, and like the players seem to react to it as well. Like having that kind of. They were saying like the good cop, bad cop. And they're saying that TC can be that bad cop as well in training. He puts an arm Mm -hmm. around it, but he can put a rocket up their ass if needed as well. And you can see that dynamic is really working at the moment. And yeah, I'm quite excited. Like, even if I'm still not convinced we'll get playoffs this season, but I think it's a really, really good platform to build on for the season after. Even if Kiefer Moore retired, hurt after (laughs) the Euros. Just, um, was, just left at Wembley. Yeah,
0: just just
1: reti- he's, he's literally tear over him because you can't <laughs> peel him up. He's literally <laughs> retired but. because he's so tired. I've retired because I'm just tired. Oh, um, I thank you thank you um always as good as my pun on friday night um let's go back to january obviously when he came in um we did a podcast i wrote an article uh, which was shoved down my throat on radio wales on friday night um um, i enjoyed that (laughs) (laughs) i did enjoy that um i mean we this is the clip going back to what we talked about during the podcast
0: william hill at four to one joint favor are offering Mick mccarthy yeah, <laughs> <laughs> how fucking good would that be?
1: Um, I, you're a I, bunch I, of I, bastards. Might be an unpopular opinion, but I love Mick McCarthy. I think he's hilarious. I think he's great. I think he's yeah. absolutely brilliant. But, but he was a he's manager. A man. Yeah, <laughs> it would be funny. To
2: be fair, to be just fair for to a week. Him. Just for a week. To be fair to him, though, there was no coincidence like Ipswich's downfall when he left. Like, I well, think he wearing,
0: like, pissing himself laughing on Sky yeah for me. he just started giggling didn't he
2: yeah because the thing is he kept them afloat and then they took him out and it's like the plug came out of the bath and they just went straight through it but yeah i don't think he's the right manager for now for us i think it's a bit more of a kind of a warnock thing isn't it where it might be a temporary band-aid but i don't think it's good for a long-term plan
1: but god it made fun i take him, take also... him i just love him i think he's i think he's funny i think he's a excited. really nice guy It'd be weird. Yeah. It'd be weird. Um, in the article, I said that it, he plays attritional football, uh, that the, the appointment was uninspiring, and he's made me eat my words, and I think he's, a, he's a happy to do that, because he's the kind of man, and he's said it on clips himself, that he likes trying to prove the people wrong who've written him off, and he's, he's absolutely done that to me. But Ben, in your clip, you you know, you know said what you said in January. Um, do you stand by it?
0: Yeah, 100%. He's done a terrible <laughs> job. He's a shocking <laughs> manager. <It's- laughs> no, that... He's made me look to look. I, I I can make myself look like a dickhead at the best times, but he's probably made me look like a knobhead there. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, th- I to be honest, I think I bought into the whole idea sort of see with what Ipswich fans were saying towards the end of they wanted McCarthy to go. He's a dinosaur. It was all of this. There was a lot of football Twitter sort of placing him up to be this dinosaur. Um, but no, nah, I, I quite like the bloke now, and I'm I am glad he's here. As much as I say, I'm not sure about. Him sort of signing a long-term, con- a longer contract. It's more. I'm not sure where the club's going m- more than sort of a reflection on him.
1: Um, so yeah, I'm glad he's made me look like a dick. Um, Tom, you 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 know you you were the one who was quite positive about the appointment. Um, you out of all of us, I said I liked him as a bloke. You seem to be quite happy with the appointment. Um, we you know we've talked about the, the next two years and, and what the club are laying in the background. Are you, are you happy just to go with the flow on this one with Mick McCarthy? You know he's turned us around, so why can't it continue?
2: Yeah, definitely. Even even in that clip, though, I said that I'm not sure if it's the right appointment now. I think really said that a bit more progressive. But, yeah, I, I, I've always liked him and I think he's one of those ones where because he's been around for so long, people just say dinosaur for the sake of saying mm. dinosaur because they just used to seeing his face on the TV. It's- where there's more to him than that. Like, he's clearly, he gets the best of it, some bad teams. Like Like I said... His work at Ipswich and my bath analogy that I came up with—I was quite impressed by that actually. It's a good analogy. Uh, it was good, yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he did—he worked wonders there. Like he finished, was it five times or six seasons in the top top half of the table with a poor side. You know, he did wonders. Had no investment. Uh, no investment yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, and and then he went and they plummeted. And then I—I yeah. I don't know. He's got a bit more talent to work with here at Cardiff than he did at Ipswich. So I am quite excited to see what comes of this. I, I really am.
1: Um, I, I kind of look back over the 11 games uh, he's been here for 11 games we mentioned earlier that's basically a quarter of a season four draws, seven wins, that's 25 points I mean, if he managed to extrapolate that over 44 games, we'd get 100 points, so basically what I'm saying is next year we're going up um, we've had big wins against Derby Bristol, Preston, Bournemouth you, you, we talked about beating the teams around us, we've done that under him, gotten through some tricky games we, we were unbeaten, we're the second top scorers in the division now um big wins over Derby Preston 4-0. Um we set out that pathway to the first team. You can't fault him, really, can you, Ben?
0: No. Um that as far as sort of a manager wants, he's doing everything we want from him, getting results. Football's enjoyable to watch, and there's youth coming through. Um, yeah, it's just a nice, exciting time. I'm not dreading sort of the last few months of Harris, or the last few weeks of Harris's reign. Watching the football felt like a chore. It was just mm-hmm. Drab and inspiring, and we weren't going to get a result. Um, all right, the Huddersfield game wasn't great, the Middlesbrough game wasn't great, but it still wasn't as bad as half the stuff we've seen earlier in the season. Um, yeah, close move in the right direction. And I'm pretty happy.
2: I think the Huddersfield game, Huddersfield reminded me of what we were like under Harris, where we had a bit more ball, we were looking to have more ball, but we were doing nothing okay, with edge. it when we, yeah, there's no cutting edge when we got into that final third, and like it's like that game against Derby where we won 4-0, the amount of people that, like, sent a screenshot of the possession stats to me said, oh, we 27% possession. It's like, you haven't watched the game. We're playing some yeah. decent stuff. We're pressing at the right time. We're holding back and then going, bursting and creating chances. We've created 14 chances with 11 on target. Like, that's good football. And, yeah, I think... and that's It's, with, just, like, it's effective my, football, isn't it?
1: It's, yeah, cons- and, it's incisive and effective football.
2: Yeah, and he's only been here two minutes. So, you know, what can he do when he's had a bit more time? So, well, I'm all ever the optimist with stuff like this anyway. But, uh, you know, I, I, I am excited going forward. Really am. Um, Gareth
1: Bale has just scored for Tottenham, by the way. We So keeping that good film going. Um, Tommy, we, we talked about Neil Harris there. Um, and I, I come back to another former manager, Neil Warnock. Um, and he mentioned about Neil Harris um he, i've got this quote from him where he talked about um harris when he was sacked i didn't say too much when neil harris was there but i thought one of the two comments he made when he first got the job were a little bit detrimental to me i've got to change the mindset of the players have been used to one particular way what's that winning um and this comes back to the question around systems philosophies you know long-term planning all that kind of stuff does any of that truly matter when we're winning games and being successful i know we've looked at Barnsley, right? Barnsley are seeing the, the, the fruits of their kind of uh, three or four year plan at the moment where they've kind of kept with one particular manager and signed players with that one particular philosophy. Um, that's taken a couple of years to come to fruition. Would Cardiff fans be patient enough for something like that? No, no chance.
2: And I don't know, Barnsley like stayed up by the skin of their teeth Some, like you know, at the end of the season with points deductions and stuff. And that mm-hmm. could have easily gone another way. And I don't think our fans are willing to put up with that sort of drama. Obviously, we're not quite the same club as Barnsley anyway. No. But, like, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't re- think I really care about long-term plans, really. I like. I enjoy football when, you know, it's drama, you know, you want to win games and stuff. I'm very, very short-term in this. I'm not thinking two years down the line. I'm thinking, what for next game? And hoping we get a result from it, you know? Um yeah, ideally, yeah, we should have a long-term plan. But to be honest, I'm probably not the person to speak to about it. I'm, I'm too. I get too carried up and excited in what currently happening.
1: I think the one thing I learned from going to watch a lot of non-league football when um, lockdown was kind of re- relieved a little bit, and we could go and do things like watching you, I could go watch Walthamstow Fair. Bit was that I kind of. It showed me the value of not thinking ahead about football because, like, when you go to watch a Walthamstow game, they have 11 players on the pitch and they could change from week to week because players leave without you knowing them. Like, there were so many players that there at the start of the season who aren't there now. There were players who left halfway through the season, then I didn't know they'd even left, let alone playing for another team until they turn in a blade for us and like that's the kind of the joy of football sometimes is that it is just that 90 minutes on a Saturday and the rest of the other stuff doesn't really matter right so I think that's what I've tried to to take from that is just focus on the 90 minutes at the end of the week rather than everything else because if you don't win those games it's almost pointless anyway isn't it
0: yeah and I think there's a difference between Sort of a lot of people sort of cite you cite people like Swansea or like there's teams like Ajax and Barca over the years, so like their academy from under play, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs>
1: roll ro- 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 <laughs> up here. Did you just mentioned Swansea <laughs> in the same Swansea, breath as uh, Ajax I, I, and Barcelona, but it's, it's
0: always the sort of it's always the it things out. people go on about around us, and it? it's always like, oh, well, the Jacks are doing this, or so and so's doing this from the academy. There's a big difference between sort of like I'm not asked if the mm-hmm. under twos are playing the same system as the first team. Mm, i'm not asked i just want a clear progression where we're spending money on the academy and we've got good what good talent coming through that we're developing the system they play couldn't give a shit Mm -hmm. are the under 23s good to watch yeah they are couldn't give a shit if they were dire and they were playing hoofball to be honest as long as there were sort of players coming through to the first team that were good enough to supplement and sort of mean that there's like people get so stuck in this idea of an identity and you need some sort of concept right this is the style we're playing otherwise you see what happens with that with someone like neil harris sort of i want to keep the ball but i don't know how to do it the idea of sort of this whole one club approach isn't for every club and it's very very difficult to implement if it was easy every single club would do it there's a reason clubs are going down different routes there's a reason why brentford are doing a b team being successful with that there's a reason Barnsley are doing what they're doing and being successful with that there's a ton of different approaches for football. It could be doing the Wolfenstow approach and playing a random whoever's fit, whoever wasn't on the piss the night before. if that works for a club, it's not it random. Works, it's just players leave quickly, Ben. I know. You know what I mean? It's just. <laughs> yeah, I know it's exactly just that, that approach. That approach can work. It's just the club just needs to be clear with it. We've, for a, a long time, Cardiff's been very muddled in its approach, and that sort of seems mm-hmm. to be. With the appointments made in the sort of you set up, it seems to be coming a lot more clear that there is now a pathway. We've got an understanding. We're not going to spunk 12, 15 million pounds on players. We're going to try and bring people through and supplement it with sensible sign-ins that we can look to sell on for a profit. To be honest, that's all I want from a club. If that's the club's approach, we know it. And I'm very happy with
2: that. I'm not too asked about the identity on the pitch when we haven't been able to keep it consistent off it. Do you know what I mean? I'm back. No, I'm not. Keep, As a football we're, club, we have yeah, lot we're, we're, yeah, not got got a lot do, of issues. Yeah, I'm not going to anything. Like, yeah, let's, let's keep it consistent off the field. I'm, not, I'm, I'm all for, like, when we're on about playing systems and stuff. I'm not being funny. When we're back to travelling to Hull away, we're not going to have a clue what system we were playing on the field again, were we? So I'm, I'm very short-term in this. <laughs> let's, let's win some games and enjoy it, lads. Talking
1: about Hull, uh, former Bluebird watch. There was a lot of Bluebirds in scoring action. Um, this weekend, uh, the Gav man, um, he got two goals for Hull, which is lovely to see. Um, Aaron Wildig scored for Morecambe. Omar Bogle got on the score sheet for Donny. Dion Sanderson scored for Sunderland and picked up the fourth man of the match award in a row. Jordan Much scored for Western Sydney Wanderers. Ben, you look perturbed. And Jazz Richards signed for the Bluebirds down west. Ben, what have you spotted? When the hell did Bogle? I thought Bogle Bo- was at Charlton. He was. He left. He switched in January, I think.
0: He went up to Tom Oh, that one all for him, then. Yeah,
1: well, it, apparently he. He looked exactly like he did at Cardiff. I was speaking to a Charm fan about it. He said, some weeks you look at Omar Bogle and think, why isn't he playing Premier League? He looks incredible. Then the next week it's like, is he wearing two left boots? Yeah. Um, I so just nice didn't to know see. he went to Doncaster. Yeah, he, I think he got his first goal from this weekend. I, I could be wrong on that front, but he, he scored a nice header. Um, great to see the Cardiff um, players' influence going through the leagues and abroad, but we've already mentioned it. Chaz Richards signing for have a fight West. Um, Tom, I'll come to you on this one because you are a resident West Wales correspondent. Um, he talked quite candidly about trying to find that love and enjoyment for the game again.
2: Um, it's quite refreshing to see, right? Even if it is for a team that you don't like. Um, I don't mind Halford West because the, the manager's my dad's mate. So, <laughs> <laughs> and he drinks at the same pub in Carmarthen as me, but um, shout out to Wayne Wolves there. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know. It's weird seeing like you've got like Neil Dans playing for like Connors Key, but he's like thirty eight. Mm-hmm. Jazz Richards is twenty nine. He's not yeah. just like a has been like Trundle and like Britain has been linked to clubs down there because all X ones he plays are linked to West Wales clubs now. But like it's mad. He's twenty nine. Like it, and he's the second Euro uh, twenty sixteen Welsh player to be playing in that league now. It's mm-hmm. such a weird fall from grace. Like marking the Hazard to play in blokes I was in school with it's just it's insane
1: it's, you said it's a fall of grace but like I said he was quite candid in that interview he talked quite candidly when he left Cardiff City about the mental toll that the game took on him he, yeah, he, yeah. he, he, he talked about have in the Haverford West interview about um, he enjoys football but he doesn't necessarily enjoy everything else that comes with it then it's that's the refreshing thing about this, isn't it? He's gone to find the love of the game again in, in a decent standard of football, the Welsh Premier League, but he's also quite open about the struggles that come with the, with with playing top level football.
0: Yeah, look, we're all football fans. We all listen to uh, the podcast, and you sort of hear stuff like under the cosh is a great example where you sort of players talk about towards the end of their career, things don't go well. You get released from a club, and it sort of leaves a bit of taste in your mouth about football in general. Mm-hmm. The ones that, um, Who's it? Who's the other one we were talking about the other week? Is this Steele? Jason Steele, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went and played like a goalkeeper that's played for United. He was playing as a striker, wasn't he? he? He thought, fuck it, I've not enjoyed this. I'm going to go play with my mates on the pub on a Sunday and was mm. playing up front. And sort of that, that's how he found his love for football again. Mm. And sometimes players need that. It's well and good. Look, like, Jazz was on a decent contract with Cardiff and some good money at Fulham and sort of done well for himself and played in the Euros. But if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then there's, you're not going to get fulfillment in life. You're going to feel miserable. And hopefully, this sort of gives him that boost again because he can clearly play a much, much higher standard. But sometimes, like playing a higher standard doesn't matter if you're not enjoying it and you can sort of sort your mental health and your well being out.
2: I hope that's here, true. Here. I hope it's true for that. But I'm suspicious because it's so far west, Halford West. He lives nowhere near it. There's something going on. And I don't know what it is yet. But I will find out. I don't know how he's ended up down but there. But he's, he lives, he's and a lot of Swansea. Yeah, it's a lot of, swans, yeah, a lot of Swansea quite influence far down out. there. Yeah, I suppose
0: so, actually. There's a lot of Swansea lads in and around that's that club. True. I think like, that's what it's come Rodons, from.
2: Yeah, like the Rodons were down there when they, like, yeah, yeah, Trundle was down there. Right. I find I'll stop being su- suspicious about um, it just and enjoy you about, for what it is.
1: Talk about players finding their love of the game again um, by playing Sunday League. Um, a few years ago, while I was in Cardiff, I managed to play against Leon Jean. Um, in the Sunday League, um, he was definitely finding his love of the game again on a Sunday morning. Not for any other reason was he playing on a Sunday morning. Um, it was great to see, really um, great to
2: see. I was wondering how you'd link back to your, you playing. Hey, yourself. I thought you'd pick up I on was, that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to be earlier on, but, but you tell you it. what,
1: like you could when you even at that, that level, which is shit park pitches, like he had control that I'd never seen before. But um, the rest of the
2: players couldn't keep up with him. Yeah, he's cut above. He- he played for Carmarthen Town as well, like down there, and he, he, there was games where he was class, and you could see other games, he just didn't want to be there. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. It's, it's, um, it's not yeah. something
0: you experience in the Spa Mid Wales South, which is literally the lowest of the lowest tier in Welsh nothing football. Nothing
2: wrong with it, mate, nothing wrong yeah. with it. That's well, it's so great cool.
0: fun to play in, but you're not, you're not going to see, if Jazz Richard turns up for St. Harmon, who play in a farm, literally play on a farm <laughs> with the pitch is wonky, like slopes down to the one side, then I really would be surprised.
1: There are a few former Cardiff players in the Lazarus. There was Leon Jean and I think it was, was it Tony Bird? I think it might have been Tony Bird, if that's a former Cardiff player. But he he was a striker, he's played for Cardiff, and now he he played centre-half for a a pub team. Um, He he wasn't bad as well. He wasn't bad. But anyway, moving on to more professional football. Uh, Let's look ahead to next week's game against Watford. Um, Tom Watford flying up into second place, they're on a good run. They seem to turn things around under their new manager after a kind of um, poor start to the season where they even lost to Neil Harris, Cardiff City side. My God. Um, is this the biggest test of McCarthy's tenure so far?
2: Yeah, I think we were quite fortunate with McCarthy coming in that we had a relatively easy run, in, run of games. You know, we had Bournemouth in there, but they were in a bit of a dip and Woodgate took over and he's useless. Um, so I think, yeah, I think the next few weeks are the... The big test, to be honest, and it doesn't get much harder than doesn't get much tougher than Watford. It um, doesn't get much tougher. I I expect a very similar kind of if we're going to win the game, it'd be very similar to what we, how we did it under Harris. Really, I think we like we sat back in that game and took just took our chances when they came. Um, bit of a smash and grab. Bit of a smash and grab. I can't see much past a nil nil, to be honest. A nil nil or a one all. I, I don't think we'll win it, and I'm not sure. I'm yeah, I'm not convinced. Um, well good confidence so
1: far but Ben I was going to come to you on this question Barnsley now sit three points ahead of us with a game in hand we simply can't afford to lose can we if we're serious about the playoffs no
0: it's but um I think there's other games in the round that we're going to if we lose this this isn't the game why we don't make the playoffs there's earlier in the no, I mean, be a big factor
1: yeah that was 23 of that was before January <laughs> but we're talking I now think, <laughs> now
0: I don't know it, it wouldn't be a disaster if, if, if we lost 1-0 and sort of played all right, it wouldn't be a disaster. Um, I think like as close as it's going to get, I think goal difference could play a factor in this season with the playoffs, the way it's going. Um, but Christ, they're a good side. I'm looking at the players they've got in their squad now I'm on their website. and.
1: Go on then, who worries you? Because that Ooh. was my last question on this one, but um, you're already ahead of me.
0: Their midfield is tasty, isn't it? Will Gosling, Hughes. I think Will Hughes. Will Hughes
1: is a lovely footballer.
0: Lazar... There's some wicked wicked players man. Sanchez uh, that Carlos Sanchez. I don't he looks he's the he came on for his debut um on Saturday. He's the youngest looking 35-year-old I've ever seen. He that's looks hard. about 20. He's 35 and he looks so young. But yeah, it's a it's like this is a good Premier League quality squad um that sort of massively underperformed. You've got players like Tom Cleverley's got several England caps.
1: Um I didn't know it was that uh, Carlos Sanchez.
0: Yeah, Craig Cathcart, is a regular for Northern Ireland International. Um, they have, it's a tidy, tidy squad. It's one of the best squads we've sort of seen in the championship. And now they're sort of starting to really show what you sort of expected from them at the start of the season. They're really looking like a side that should be pushing for the automatics. At the start of the season, I generally thought they'd be the side that are doing what Norwich are now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I thought they'd be the side walking away with it. So... Yeah, this probably doesn't get tougher for the rest of the season than this game.
2: Do you understand my nil nil now, Ben James? Do you understand why I said it? Yeah, I didn't Do you want to get I off almost... my back. <laughs> it wasn't on your back, mate. It wasn't on your back. The one was. thing we've got in our favour though, that weekend, Bournemouth are playing Barnsley, so somebody's mm. dropping points there as well. I know Barnsley got a midweek game against Derby before that, but for yeah, sake. at least at least they played against each other.
1: Yeah, and that, that's that's yeah, that's crucial. I, I don't really, I haven't really looked at the other fixtures around us, but it, it feels like every everyone's meeting each other over the next month or so, doesn't they? And it feels like this, this is the time their points are going to be dropped by other teams. Um, talked about the Watford team, Tom. Um, we talked about earlier the injury worries that we're kind of facing. Hopeful that Ng's back. Tutu could be back. There'll be no bagging, but it should be a relatively full squad apart from from bagging. You know Tomlin is on the comeback trail. He was ill this week. Um, are there any changes that you would make at this stage, or would you keep it a relatively settled team?
2: Um, it would be interested to see how Rawls performs like in the week to see if he comes back into the fold because he looked a little bit laggy at times coming back after like time on the sidelines. But he had that intent to try and push forward a couple of times as well early in the game. So maybe with another week of training under Mick, you see him come back in uh, to stay in the centre midfield there. I just wrap Kiefer Moore up in cotton wool for a week just to make sure he can be wheeled out for the game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't think you change too much. Like obviously, the the you keep a keeper in, you, you keep the three centre backs in, whoever's fit you put full backs really, isn't it? And then yeah, yeah you've got the, the midfielders will take themselves. It'd be interesting to see if he starts with Ojo or Murphy, because um, I think I'd play Ojo um, personally. Yeah. I don't think Murphy's taken the games by the scruff of the neck as he did when he first played under Mick. And yeah, Harry Wilson gets a bit more of a rest as well, so it'd be nice nice to see him firing again. He wasn't quite after.
1: Was no, yeah. I, I, yeah, I thought Murphy. Yeah, Murphy was quite quiet on Friday. So was Wilson. I think all our attacking players were quiet on Friday. I think it was just mm. one of those games for them. So um, yeah, you know, I wouldn't like. It's to, amazing to how quickly
0: anyway. on Twitter the nice came out for Murphy though. There was people yeah. thirty-five minutes in saying he should be dropped. He needs to come off. And you sort of thinking that like, this is the situation we were in six months, ago, six weeks, six eight weeks ago before Mick came in, where Murphy was getting a run of games. Look, like, he's not going to be a nine out of ten every game. And in that like you like you said, in that game, every player for attacking wasn't great. We offered very little. it's not just down to Murphy to do that. The midfield report getting the ball to him. Um, yeah, a couple of bad decisions, but uh, it's jumping on him doesn't help. We see well, no, that I... he needs that support.
1: Let's, let's, let's. If we, we talked earlier about whether we want that long term strategy and approach to things, and, and Murphy is that that's a prime example of why kind of fans aren't patient enough for a long term yeah. strategy and approach because if it doesn't work after 35 minutes, then they want to write <laughs> it off. So that's the way it goes. Um, let's get your predictions in then. Uh, ben, I'll come to you first. What are your predictions for
2: next Saturday? Uh,
1: I'll go one all. One one. Tom, you're nodding? Yeah, one all. All right, I'll go 2-0 Cardiff. Uh Ooh.
2: why why you Ben? Why not? Why not?
1: Because you both <laughs> two goals, but I've just gone two goals for Cardiff.
2: Talk us through it, Ben. Why are you so confident?
1: I'm not so confident. I just think it I just think we'll we'll do him. We'll do them on the we'll do him on the break a couple of times and uh, Harry goes. Wilson will Harry Wilson will get a goal and I think Keeper Moore will get a lovely header with his lovely hair.
2: Fair enough. Yeah. That's, what that's I it.
1: That's it. Um, and now to round off the podcast, as usual, is the view from Ninian Hall of Fame. I always kind of explain what it is. This is our take on the best moments in Cardiff City history. Uh, every week we do a Twitter vote on our Twitter page, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. There are sometimes spelling mistakes in there, but this week um, I think we avoided a spelling mistake, Ben.
0: We did because I got my missus to check it over before I press <laughs> there send.
1: We there <laughs> we go. Proof had. She free, she, ha-
0: she, ha- she handed the phone back to me and was gutted. She said, like, bollocks, I should have wrote something in yours just to really ruin it. And I'm disappointed she didn't take up that opportunity just to put in like underneath I am a penis, for instance.
1: She should have done that. Um, If you want to see our retrospective votes, you can go on there, hashtag VFTN. HOF, that's a view from the Indian Hall of Fame. Uh, Ben, you've got the results from last time, which uh, probably no surprise what happened.
0: No, it was a dominant win for Snoop Doggy Dog. Um, Man of the People is up to 11 votes now, 11 wins.
1: Bullshit. Absolutely he did that for all wrong. the football clubs. I not didn't, didn't, I just don't understand why anyone thought
2: we were special. I tell you. I tell you what. I didn't expect to win this week. <laughs> really, I thought Snoop You, did, you didn't.
0: You didn't just win. You absolutely stormed it. Yeah. So you got sixty. You got sixty-four percent. I was last with Joe Bennett's double. at Huddersfield with eleven percent. Bakuna's Derby double got twenty-five percent. You absolutely fucking smashed us.
1: Ah, it's a shame. That's a shame. And because you smashed us, you get to go first again this week, Tom. So it's over to you for the first nomination for this week's VFTN Hall of Fame.
2: I think most of my, like, Hall of Fame entries are either weird things like random people wearing Cardiff shirts or something to do with Sol Bamba. So I've gone Sol Bamba again, and it was his goal against Chelsea in the Premier League early in the season. We were struggling to get goals as was. I think we'd only scored twice in our first five games or something. And then away at Chelsea... It was one of my favourite away days of the of the Premier League season as well, despite getting absolutely battered by them in the end. But, you know, we have a free kick. Um, he goes up for the free kick. Nobody's anywhere near him. We flick it to the back post. It's knocked back across to him, and he's there with this audacious little flick into the back of the net. He then ushers everyone out of the way after he scores and runs straight over to the bench to celebrate with Kevin Blackwell as well. And... It was just great. And then the best thing about it was we score way at Chelsea to go 1-0 up and we start fighting amongst ourselves in the stands again. Pass and i take, and I taken I take one of my mates again to this game and he was just stood there just going, what, why? And I was, like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I really don't know. <laughs> really don't know. It's like you had, you had half half the stands celebrated and half fighting amongst themselves. But it was just, it was a magical moment. Just, And I think a few people around me might have had some money on him to score first as well at about 66-1. to one. It was just, yeah, it was a lovely, lovely moment. And it, there's nothing better than seeing Sol's face after he scored a goal. It's a, it's like a, f- a picture of shock and enjoyment at exactly the same time. He's a
1: happy boy, isn't he? Happy, happy man. All right, I'll go next because I think Benz is the one that deserves to round it off this week. Um, so I've gone for a, a themed one again this week, um, going back to when we played... Um, Watford in the 2009-2010 season and the emergence of Adam Matthews. Um, we went to Vicarage Road. Uh, we were flying high on the table, but I don't think anyone expected this result. Um, we managed to smash them 4-0. Peter Whitman with the double, Bothroyd with the fourth. Um, and I think the goal that stood out to me was Adam Matthews uh, taking a free kick from... Around 50 yards out, just floated it hopefully into the box. And I can't explain what their keeper was doing, I don't think he can either. But he sort of ran to about the penalty spot, realized his mistake because the ball floated over him and he fell backwards to try and stop it. Um, it was just, it was, it was a time when we were playing absolutely joyous football. Whittingham scored a header. Um, which is obviously quite a rarity for him, but it was a lovely diving header. Um, we saw Bothroyd get uh, you know, at his marauding best, dominated people like Cathcart, who was still playing back then, and, and Adam Matthews scoring for 50 yards. It was when football was most enjoyable under Dave Jones. It was ridiculous. And that's my nomination for the VFTN Hall of Fame this week. Over to you, Ben. Round it off. Bring it right, on.
0: Um, this is a huge shout out to David Owens for this. Um on Twitter the other night, happened to be logged into the View from the Indian Twitter account on my phone, and a notification came up from David Owen. Um, Mick McCarthy has done a 1,000 games of football. He's led teams to promotion to the Premier League. He's led the uh, Republic of Ireland out at the World Cup. Um, but I think his greatest achievement is that he recorded a cover and released a single with the 1990, 90, 1991 Eurovision Song Contest winner, uh, Linda Martin. Um, this is a cover of the Lee Hazelwood and Nancy Sinatra tune "Did You Ever," and it's fucking horrific. <laughs> but if that's not your thing, someone's done a techno remix of it as well. So when I do the when I do the Hall of Fame uh, poll, um, if you look at the bottom, sort of when I do the Hall of Fame on whatever day I decide to do it or remember to do it, let's be honest, um, <laughs> we do little explanations, we do a little picture or whatever. I will post both songs. And I can't, I cannot suggest enough for you to listen to those songs. It's just the flattest, most monotone singing I think I've ever heard in my life. It's impressive, but it's just wonderful as well. The only 90s football could bring you that. Football and songs is something that's disappeared, That you haven't got Andy Coles. There's no footballer like outstanding. Like Harry Kane's He's not bringing that a rap eyes. album, is he?
1: I'd love to hear that. Well, Harry Kane, if was- you listen. Get get in the studio.
2: I think he's playing like at who? the Palace. We'll catch up later on. Yeah. yeah. He'll listen on the way home, he?
0: <laughs> But like there's no footballer gonna bring out a diamond Lights, for example.
2: I've got a vinyl. I've got and a vinyl as well. Absolute chunk.
0: Yeah. But for but, a charity shop for 50p. Oh bargain. That's the best 50p you've ever spent.
1: Um and who there are some mu- there are some musical footballers. Um didn't Omar Bogle as an Omar well, he Bogle he, got he, it links to some like recording li- label or studio. I might be He retired. He retired. He retired for a week
0: to become a rapper, didn't he? Then Charles. That was a lot it. Of money. That was it. Yeah. So um, yeah. There's lots to do it, but I'm on about top end. Like, you know, I think when Diamond Lights came out, Glenn Holder was one of the top three footballers
1: in the world. And You're not saying oh, my well, Bogle isn't. I'm yet, saying yet. exactly <laughs> that. Well, that's a shame. That is a shame. Um. So Ben, your nomination is the Mick McCarthy.
0: Um, yeah. Did you ever? Did you ever? I uh, Linda Martin.
1: Did you ever vote for us? This is going on the View from Indian Hall of Fame on our Twitter page at some point this week twitter.com forward slash VFTN. Um, if you haven't already gone over there to start following us, please do that. Um, you can also subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. That just helps us say that we've got a nice big audience. Um, when we're speaking to sponsors and stuff like that that's it it's brazen i'm saying it uh we've also got a kofi um if you ever if you like our music like our music
2: if you like our podcast <laughs> oh you've blown it our singles can like blown it. Yeah. Oh, no.
1: if you like um if you like what we're doing you like our podcast like the website please head over to our kofi that's ko-fi.com forward slash Ninion. you can drop us a little bit of money there because we do this purely out of passion and we do have some costs that go with it like zoom and and the Kofi, we have to pay for it. Um, so please head over there and drop us some money if you like. Um, obviously we, we, we couldn't go this whole podcast without the, the, the mention of Peter Whittingham, obviously his inquest um, was, um, took place this week. Um, and, and Ben, it's just a reminder really, isn't it? Of, of people we've lost over the last year, but particularly that we're coming up to the year anniversary now of probably our greatest player um, losing his life.
0: Yeah. And just, you hear about how it happened, just stuff we've all done. We've all sort of play fight and have a fight that like you've, add a few pints, you prat about with your mates. And just for something like that to happen and end with someone losing their life, doesn't matter that he's sort of an amazing, he was an amazing footballer. Uh, he's a bloke that was due, his second child was a few mm-hmm. weeks away from being born. He never got to see his kids. Um, it's just horrible. That in- the whole inquest, just reading about it and just hearing how such of an accident it was. Yeah, we- really, really tragic and really, really sad to read.
1: And Tom, you know, with, with the talk of fans going back into the ground, I mean, what what kind of tribute do you hope to see from the club for him? It, it feels like nothing we'll do will be enough, right? But the the club need to do something.
2: And, the, and the, I'm sure they will because he's. Loved oh, they, yeah. Sorry,
1: I I I I don't mean that they. I wasn't saying I'm
2: you were I'm just I'm just, I'm just yeah, yeah, yeah. It. i just reframing I
1: know they're going to be doing something when fans are yeah. back because they want to give the, the 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 right the right um respect to him.
2: Yeah, yeah. Everyone loved him, like in and out of the club. The fans, like the media department, like the tea ladies. Everyone loved him because he was just a, like a great bloke to be around. Um, but yeah, don't be surprised if there's a stand renamed after him or, or anything. You know, n- nothing would be t- too much because you-, you can't underestimate what an impact he had on our club. He's an absolute legend. I know that word's thrown about a lot, but he he was a legend, and uh, yeah it'd be great to get back there and for us to actually show our appreciation for him properly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, that is the one to make the last word about Peter Whittingham on this podcast. I think, yeah, it's, it's the ultimate tragedy. And um, it's, it's a shame really that we'll, we'll never be able to truly show to show him him personally, what he meant to the football club. So for, for you know, as always, here's to you, Peter Whittingham.